You found it. The home of red-blooded American patriots. The Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner starts now. Hello, Patriots. Welcome to episode 113 of the Patriot Review. We have a good store, a good show in store for you today. You know, there's oftentimes that I just thought with everything that's going on in our country, looking at um, the past presidents and thinking about how they would deal with it, I was kind of, I'm kind of have been surprised, I guess, by how many similarities I see between a Reagan presidency and a Trump presidency in completely different times. So the question had to be asked is what would Reagan do? So this show is about that. I sat down with uh, Ronald Boyd, who's the TPR, the Patriot Review historian and contributor, and we had a good conversation about that. I'm going to share that with you in just a, just a little bit here. But first, I want to tell you about something that uh, I think is really awesome, and that is that FrankSocial.com now has the ability to allow content creators like me to have premium services. So what you get, first of all, is 10 bucks a month. And what you get for that is you get access to Q&A calls on Zoom or Skype with me. And we can interact, we can talk, we can uh, debate whatever you would like to do once a month. We can do that. And then we have subscriber-only stories, subscriber-only videos. We have behind-the-scenes content. So you have we have the behind-the-scenes videos of uh, how the show is done and, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. And then we have early access to my documentaries that I put out. You may have... Um, you may have seen me with the Breaking the Oath documentary and talking about that, and I'll talk about that a little bit more in this episode as well. But that's just about to come out, and the first people that get to see that are those premium members. And I have some other things in store for you. For example, premium members um, get to speak up, speak out, talk about the topics they want to hear and see, and you can affect where the show goes, and I really welcome that. Uh, I would like to interact more with people. It seems that even though you get a decent number of views, there's not a lot of people who come on at the same time. So I would love it if we could uh, form something on um, CloudHub or, you know, provider that has chat along with it other than Facebook, because, well, we all know what Facebook is and Twitter's even worse. Now that I got back on there, it's just, it's just a joke. But um, anyway, the point is I'd like to interact more. I'd like to hear what you have to say more. I'd like to get your ideas on some of the content you want to see, some of the documentaries you might like to see. So you can only do that, though, if you go premium. So it's 10 bucks a month. It helps me out. Um, I can tell you one thing that I have to do is I have to buy a new video card very soon because uh, literally when my computer overheats, when the video card overheats, it locks up, and I am just looking um I'm not looking forward to the day where that happens during a show. So that is that kind of stuff, uh, cameras and getting into documentaries and all that kind of stuff is really expensive. And so far, I've been doing everything on my own. And you can help me by joining this premium service, or you can go to MyPillow.com, and you can buy products with the code TPR. Um, you can go to the KirkElliottPhD.com slash the Patriot Review slash you don't put that last slash on there. It doesn't go to their page. Um, so check that out for gold and silver and free financial advice. And, you know, I have other affiliates that you can check out via my website, which is redbloodedpatriots.com. And um, you can you can help me out. Or you can just go premium and help me out right away. 
So as I said, you know, at the beginning, we have a good show for you today. We're going to talk about what Ronald Reagan would do with a lot of the issues today, primarily the foreign policy issues. And I'm going to go ahead and show that. And uh, we'll have one commercial break in the middle, and then I'll be back. I'll be back to wrap up the show. I'd like to welcome back to the show, Mr. Ronald Boyd, the TPR contributor and historian. Ronald, welcome. Been a while. Yes. Thank you for having me. You bet. And you, you, um, why don't you just explain a little bit about what you're doing right now and why this topic we're talking about today is just right up your alley. Well, I'm actually doing a PhD in history and I'm writing my dissertation on the bombing of Libya in 1986 when Reagan, uh, he bombed Libya as punishment for some of the terrorist acts that uh, Libya was doing at the time. So I've been reading up on uh, Reagan's foreign policy, his national security policy, and of course, the counterterrorism policy aspects as well. Yeah, you and I have talked about Reagan a lot over the past many years, I guess. But um, so I was just sitting back thinking today about, you know, good topics for the show and I guess everybody who, you know, is in this kind of in, who's watching the show and most mm -hmm. part, those people who are America firsters, they all love Ronald Reagan as right. much or just about as much as a lot of them love Trump right now. And, you mm -hmm. know, for me, Reagan has always been one of my very favorite presidents and I think he made a couple mistakes. But um, mm -hmm. what we're here today to talk about is. You look at the buffoon that we have in there now and how he's messing things up, especially in foreign policy. You know, let's just go through and let's go through and um, talk a little bit about what you think Ronald Reagan would do in approaching these different uh, issues that we're having. So first, let's take the big one, which is China. How, how do you think he would approach China right now? And, you know, not only their uh you know that attempt to be the world dominant power and do things economically and to try to sabotage the united states and their election system and stuff but also with taiwan what are your thoughts on china and how reagan would deal with it i think when we talk about reagan we actually have to uh, talk about how you approach the soviet union particularly in his first administration he uh, had some really militaristic uh, rhetoric, you know, it, mm -hmm. basically he, he called for a strong defense and he would say that we cannot have peace if we're weak. We have to have a strong defense. So I think what he would do, I mean, if we look at what's going on today with with Biden as the resident in the White House, uh, mm -hmm. because I don't think he's president, but right. beyond the point. But uh, what he would do is he would he would call in his generals and he would tell them, knock off this woke BS. You're not there to cuddle the soldiers. You're there to train them. You're to train them and how to fight against communism. And that's what at, in the, during the 1980s, that's what we were trained to do. Or that's what the military was trained to do was to combat communism. And so what you tell me, what you tell me is that he would uh, he would focus first on how we're perceived by working on what's going on at home internally um, right. as a starting point. Is that is that uh, that what you're getting at? Yeah, he would. He had strong rhetoric as far as the Soviet Union right. from 1981 the evil, to 84. 
the evil empire. I remember him yes. getting. He, I remember him getting done. drugged through the mud because of that. Do you remember that? All the oh, yeah. same but, media idiots that we have today. But if you look at what he did, he built up the military first, right? You know, and then he sent the military out, like for example, Grenada in 1983. Mm-hmm. He went. He and they took the island, and they actually did some mistakes, and they learned from it. And so they built on the mistakes that they did, and they streamlined everything. And they, he gave uh, certain positions a little bit more authority, and uh, Congress went in, I believe in 1986, I think, they, or 87, they did... Uh, a whole reorganization of the Defense Department. And what they did is they made sure that the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, he would become the chief military advisor to the president. And so that was what the uh, the chief was supposed to do, the chiefs of the Joint Chiefs. Of course, don't you think that there's there's one big difference, and that is that the people that Reagan had to work with were actually, <laughs> they knew what the hell they were doing and they knew what they needed yes. to do and he let them do it. And now we have people that are, you know, concerned about, you know, the trans issues and the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, uh, the different positions and the different, you know, whether they're administrative or civilian positions or even in the military, it seems like they're, you know, people that are in control right now are just as woke. So it's like, yes. it's almost like, you know, I think Reagan would come in and do what Trump said he's going to do, which is just to clean house and and rearrange and and yeah. uh, get our uh, you know strength through or peace through strength type of philosophy that Reagan had, right? Right, and that's what he always called for. And you, you you're aware of that he always was always criticized for what he was mm-hmm. doing, but. Because he was considered a hands-off administrator, he allow he gave leeway to people under him. But even though that might be possibly the case, Reagan always knew what he wanted. And there's a book that I I read, and the guy who wrote it, he worked in the National Security Council, and his specialty was in Latin American affairs. And he wrote, like, as far as, like, Nicaragua, uh, mm-hmm. the State Department, well, they wanted to, you know, do a, a peace deal or, or some sort like that with with uh, the Sandinistas. And the agreement that they came up with was a terrible agreement. I mean, it was, it's something like Trump would say. Yes, it was it's <laughs> yeah. the worst deal ever. And the guy sees it, seen it, and he... You know, talk to a bunch of people in the NSC, particularly this is the author of the book. This is yeah, the author uh, of the book. Uh, oh, what's his name? It's uh. No, you're talking about the Was it the author of the book that saw the plan? Yeah, he he okay. He became aware of it. His last name was Mengus. I think uh, Constantine Mengus. Inside the NSC, I think is is the name of the book. It was Very published good. somewhere in the 80s, I think. But uh, he he would you you'd say that you know he talked to like Oliver North he 
He said, hey, this is what's going on. And Oliver North would say, no, this is not what the president wanted. Or even Mingus knew that this is not what the president wanted. So he made sure that the president was aware of what was going on. And the president would say, no, I don't want that. This is what I want. And right. so, so, so he got his way, obviously. Um, one thing that I think we need to establish is, you know, what's the difference between the enemy that we have in China and the enemy that we had in Russia at the time? And is there is there something about the two of them or the differences between the two of them that would have required Reagan to do a different approach? Well, if we look at the Soviet Union, the Soviet Union was weak economically at that time. And when Gorbachev became you know, the general secretary, he realized what was going on and he wanted to reform the Soviet Union. And basically what we did is we increased our defense spending to the point where the Soviets couldn't keep up. And so, so what's that helped. Yeah, so you get, into the, you get into the arms race and then there's a the whole story of Reagan saying right out to Gorbachev is just saying, we're going to build you. Right. <laughs> you you and, can't win. Right. And, yeah. And they were particularly afraid of SDI. Right. And, that's right. The Star Wars Defense Initiative, which, of course, Reagan got a bunch of crap for as well, just right. like Trump with the Space Force. Right. Mm-hmm. So very they, they're very interesting presidencies, because if you look at the two of them, they have a lot of parallels. So right. you talked about you talked about Russia and being economically weak. Now, I hear a lot of the same things about China today, that their economy is is in terrible, terrible shape. So let's talk about, again, Reagan and how he deal with China today and the situation that they're in. What do you think about that? Well, I think what he would probably do is something similar to what he did with uh, Libya. You know, he threw a bunch of sanctions on them. And what he did is people, you know, criticized him, like, when he bombed Libya. It's like, oh, he... It was like an overreaction of some sort, and it was through frustration, which I don't think so. If you look at it at, through a, a lens of coercive diplomacy, that was part of the part of the steps. You know, you, what you do is you impl- you throw some sanctions on them. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. really hard sanctions. Just you know, like oh, we're going to limit uh, how many miles your diplomats can travel within the United States. Like for example, if you're uh, the ambassador to the United Nations for China, you can only maybe uh, maybe cross the border in, in uh, New Jersey and that's as far as you can go. Or you limit the staff in the embassies mm-hmm. and the consulates. Stuff like that. Stuff that it's not particularly yeah. painful, but it, it, it does sort of provide some pain. And it sends, drag- them a message that they're, sends them a message that they're being watched, right. doesn't it? Yeah, yep. so so the other thing I think is different is, you know, now China, they've stolen all of our secrets. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, they have a larger Navy than we have, right? right? And so I think militarily, we're in a lot worse position than we were with, oh, yeah. with Russia as opposed to now with China. Right. We're in a, in a much weaker position. So oh, yeah. So again, you know, if if that's if this is the case, then how does um, how does Reagan react to that? If, if you were president today, what do you think he would do? Well, number one, he'd probably fire the joint, uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. He'd probably fire. You'd probably fire uh, the chief of naval operations. You'd probably fired 
uh, the chief of staff for the Air Force, and you probably would fire the chief of staff of the Army. You would get rid of the current defense secretary, and you'd put someone in who's actually competent. You would probably fire the National Security Council uh, uh, advisor, put someone in who's competent. You'd probably fire uh, the uh, secretary of, of state, put someone in there that's competent. So and was Reagan like you rebuild your your leadership? The people who actually are right. war fighters. Right. So so did you made a comment earlier that Reagan was kind of a hands off type of guy? So was he a hands off type of guy administratively as well? So you putting the non military positions in and you let them. He doesn't micromanage them. I mean, I get the impression that uh, I don't know who's doing it, but somebody in the White House today is micromanaging everybody. They're they're all incompetent, right? Yeah. But so you're telling me that Reagan Reagan was the kind of guy who he would just look for good people and trust trust their judgment, or did he have a lot to do with every decision? Well, a lot of the people that he put in. You know, for the first administration, he was close to. Uh, for example, Casper Weinberger, who was the uh, Secretary of Defense, they were friends. In fact, I think uh, Weinberger worked for him when he was governor of California. And uh, Bill Casey, I believe that that's who it was, uh, the, uh, who was the director of the CIA, he was his com campaign manager. And uh, he chose uh for secretary of state uh alexander haig who, who i thought was a poor choice although haig had a lot of, uh, of diplomatic uh, background he was actually in the national security council uh, when the, uh, nixon was president and his he was he felt himself a protege of of kissinger so he he knew that ins and outs of the White House. He knew how it operated, but mm -hmm. for some reason, he he always wanted to defend his turf. He considered foreign policy as his turf, and he, to me, he didn't really prove to be a very effective Secretary of State, which is unfortunate because I think he probably would have been one. And then, he, of course, you got George Shultz after that, who was considered a pragmatist, and a lot of times, I think he kind of undermined uh, Reagan's foreign policy. What with Reagan, he knew what he wanted, and he he told him what they want, what he wanted as far as his foreign policy. He might not have gave like clear instructions, like you know, this is this is what exactly I want you decided to get it. there, right? Yeah, this is what I want you decided to get there. So, um, mm -hmm. just a thought. So, if Ronald Reagan's president when Trump was president. Uh, 45, right? Mm -hmm. um, and some moron like Lurch, John <laughs> Kerry, goes across and meets with Iran when he has no business doing so. What do you think the response Reagan would add to that? I think I think there would be some repercussions. I don't know if he would, you know, throw him in jail or anything like that, but I think he would probably, you know, say something to him. He certainly would have addressed it, wouldn't he? He would have said he would yeah. not have been. He would have addressed it. He might not address it forcefully, but he yeah, would address it and tell him not too, to do it. Trump was too too quiet on that. Yeah. Um, so all right, so China. So he's so he's um, putting people in place that he can trust. He's putting people in place that 
he can just give the objective and, and let him go to work. Um, he's building the defense. He's messaging that, hey, you don't mess with America. We're, so now if you're sitting in China today and it's Ronald Reagan in the chair and he's like, he's got that all done. What is what is China's reaction to that? Well, obviously China would probably react forcefully somehow. They might actually try to uh, take Taiwan, but I think Reagan would probably would counter that. He would actually he would actually station a carrier group off the coast of Taiwan, in yeah. between China and Taiwan. Yeah, that's yeah. what he would probably do. And he might even station troops in Taiwan itself. You know, so mm -hmm. Reagan wasn't a pushover. You know, people might argue that he was, but no, he wasn't. He when he you know talked forcefully, not to only like Libya. But he also talked forcefully with the Soviets, although by the time of the second administration, he kind of softened the rhetoric a little bit and he was more willing to cooperate with the Soviets as far as negotiating things. But he was always sure. able to get what he wanted in those negotiations. So he always got solid, solid treaties. During you know what I think process. You know what I think really changed Reagan is when he made the trip to Russia and him and Nancy were walking around Moscow and he was mm -hmm. approached by people who, you know, were really happy to see him and, and he interacted with him and he realized, you know, he said something, uh, I don't remember which book it was, but he said something about, you know, um, really enjoying that because it really showed him that, you know, people are people and people are not their governments per se. So. Right. I think that that changed. They became friends after that, I think, mm -hmm. to some degree. Yeah, and you'd probably take a similar approach with China. Maybe like uh, if it was the second administration, he might not necessarily be softer, but he would so you probably try and negotiate certain things with the Chinese and and get, you know, some solid treaties with them. So he'd go for the, 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 the diplomacy more than the, the weapons uh, issues and stuff you think with China. Mm -hmm. So China's reaction, you said, do you think that they're, they they would be more aggressive that they may even strike Taiwan, which I think they're going to do anyway. But right. if that were the case and Reagan was president and he did all that stuff. And so China is not Russia. China, I do think that the leaders, the leaders uh, that we're talking about between, <laughs> between uh, China and, and Russia at the time, you know, we got a madman basically in China right now. Mm -hmm. uh, well, we got a we got a debilitated, bumbling idiot ourselves, but we got <laughs> yeah. this. You know, I think that the Chinese are the Chinese government. I don't put that much far further away than being, you know, North Korea crazy. You know, right. they're kind of uh, cut from the same cloth. I'm also thinking that uh, Reagan would probably limit the amount of Chinese students that can enter the country to study. And he probably wouldn't put up with the Confucian Institutes either. He'd probably get rid of them as well. Yeah, but no kidding. Clearly, clearly those are espionage operations. Right. Uh, they're there to, to steal technology. They're there to steal you know, whatever uh, education that we have as far as uh, those kind of technologies. Uh, well, you know, stuff like let's that. take it a step further. They're there so that when the social scoring goes into into effect in the United States, that they can 
they can start to uh, implement some of the things that they've implemented in their own country. That's how far it's going. They're, they're basically the model for this whole new world order, which leads me to another thing about Reagan. You know, we've seen the divide between Trump and Pence, and Pence is, uh, uh, have no respect for him whatsoever. Right. Um, but I don't, I don't believe, you know, I know that the election, the first uh, go around was, was very pretentious between Bush and Reagan, and people were actually surprised that he chose Bush to be his VP. Right. And it was kind of a behind the scenes deal and and a way to secure the, the victory. But so here we have Bush and Bush is openly talking about the new world order. How much do you think Reagan was aware of that whole new world order plot and what was really meant by that? Uh, I'm th- I'm almost thinking that when Bush was talking about the new world order, he wasn't talking about what we're thinking of now. It was more like uh, the collapse of communism was coming. And so there's going to be a new world order. There's going to be more democracy in the world compared to what it was at the time. So he's talking about the spread of democracy, and he unfortunately used the term today that yes. we think of as being globalist. And, That's um, what I'm thinking. Okay, because, so. Uh, they worked well together. Bush and, and Reagan worked well together. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons why Reagan had him was because of his foreign policy experience. You know, he was right. very well versed in it. So, uh, and he was able to take on some some things like uh, he did a task force on countering terrorism. And so, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so that he, he he was helpful for Reagan. Yeah, yeah, they did work together. I just know that there's a story behind the scenes of how that all went down to make the choice and everything, but. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so we got China now. We got them. Their, their response, you think, is going to be, it doesn't matter how they're approached at this point. You think that they're, are they almost forced into doing something militarily, do you think? Yeah, they're probably going to be. But even though, you know, we hear all this stuff like, oh, they got a big, you know, a bigger Navy than ours. And, you know, they got a massive army. But the thing is, uh, the quality of their military is probably not there. It's it's probably it's similar probably to what what we're seeing in Ukraine with Russia right now. Um, I don't think their army is that good, quite frankly. I've heard stories. China or Russia or both? Both. I've actually heard stories of Indians uh, fighting the Chinese and kicking their ass, quite frankly. So if the Indians kick their ass, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Well, hopefully you don't offend any any, any Indians out there. But oh, um, no. the Indians have a fine military. You know, it's, well, it's a very good one. You yeah. know, I mean, it's it's kind of like maybe it's kind of like uh, Japan in World War II. You have a completely different culture. You throw you throw numbers at it and you throw them into the grinder, and you you know you don't really. And the Chinese certainly don't value life, not the government. Yeah. I mean, tell. look what they do to people. Look what they right. do. I mean murder people all the time and they put them in camps and they harvest their organs while they're still alive and everything else yeah uh, so you know maybe the chinese don't care maybe, they, yeah, they maybe they're don't. saying hey we, but, we got we got the numbers we're gonna throw at you but the problem is even though they have the numbers i mean you're talking about invading an island and you know that's mm-hmm. a that takes a lot of effort to do that and 
you're tossing all these people in, but the problem is, how's your supply chain? Right. You know, because you gotta you gotta transport all that fuel, all that ammunition, all you know, food. You got you, you gotta transport that by ship or plane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's the likelihood of lo- most of it co- getting in? Because we might have submarines over over in there, and we could sink some of this stuff. You know. Um, mm-hmm. And anti-aircraft weaponry would shoot down some of the planes too. So, uh, and besides that, the the Chinese army, uh, you know, they had the one-child policy for decades. Right. So all those all those soldiers, they've been babied, they've been spoiled. So but now, you know, now the now the. The globalists have succeeded using COVID to, de, you know, depopulate the earth by almost seven million now is what we're at. Yeah. So, so you got that uh, issue going on within China as well. That's still, mm-hmm. you know, kind of you never really know what the truth is there. Is it still going on? Is it still bad? Is it all over with? You know, you tend to think that it'd be all over with because it's over with most parts of the world. Yeah. But um, but you don't know. So. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. So China, China, you think is is a is is a real threat. So um, if Trump wins 2024, do you think there's any differences between what he would do and what Reagan would do? No, I don't think so. I think uh, Donald Trump, you know, he he talks a tough game, and I think he's going to do what he says. So mm-hmm. I, you know, he's been saying that he wants to rebuild the military. So, I think that's what he's going to do. He's probably right. going to increase defense spending, which we need to do, quite frankly. I mean, mm-hmm. look look at what we have. We're, we're using tanks. It's the same model that we've been using since the 1980s. And then you look at, I mean, the Russians are in the same boat. They're still using T-90s. But they do have the T-14, which is the most expensive tank that they ever produced. And they only produce some, uh, very little of them. But they mm-hmm. have, and that's the thing. The Russians are always trying to innovate. Uh, that's why they they got the AK-12 now. They're still using the AK-74, but they have the AK-12, and so which is a more modular design. So you can mm-hmm. slap uh, laser sights. You can slap a scope on it. You can put uh, uh, lights on it. Well, you're talking about like so. So you think you think that you know Trump would handle it pretty much the same way? Do you see any differences whatsoever? Yeah, I think you'd handle it the same way. Yeah. All right. So let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the Ukraine and Russia. After we watched our daughter Grace die on FaceTime, I uh, immediately felt that I needed to go to the hospital, even though I was still pretty sick. And I met Jessica and our pastor there. And um, while we were in the room, we Jessica and I let us spend a few moments just with Grace alone. And it was it was just a horrific. Sight to come upon was the fact that her daughter Grace was now gone. 
um, the emotions that came over the top of our minds and just our physical bodies were just unbelief. We, uh, we took her BiPAP off because it was still on. This was hope and prayers that somehow she wasn't really gone. And as soon as we did that, the color of grace changed. And um, we had to accept that she was truly gone. Not one person stepped foot in that room. How can you do that? How can you allow an innocent person, a child, she's only 19 years old, die in front of your eyes? You don't do that. If you're human, you don't do that. They knew they weren't going to convince us to put Grace on a ventilator. That means the money was going to dry up. They had to have the money. And when you follow the money trail all the way through, you see that a ventilator is about a $300,000 decision. That they had higher paying patients in the emergency room. Grace was worth more dead than alive. We don't just need food, we need to eat food with a high nutritional value. Who wants to just survive food shortages? Let's thrive in times of adversity and lack. Optimize your daily nutrition and ensure you and your family have our two-year shelf-stable kingdom fuel as a cornerstone of your emergency food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on kingdom fuel now. We're about news, commentary, conversations, truth, liberty, and God. We stand for American values and our flag. We believe that the Constitution is a document that fortifies rights already given to us by our Creator. We will not apologize for our love of God and country, ever. We are right, America media. Coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride. Not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner. All right, we're back. Now, Ukraine and Russia and what Reagan would do in this whole situation. First of all, do you think you even would have gotten involved? Uh, we probably would not get involved militarily. I, I think Reagan would, would do a diplomatic solution to this, I think. Uh, and really, to tell you the truth, there was one back maybe a couple months ago. 
there was one. The, Ukra- the Ukrainians and the Russians were willing to sit down and slap together a truce or a ceasefire. Mm-hmm. And who was the one person that was standing in the way? <laughs> we all. Bo Jiden. <laughs> it's the moron. <laughs> yeah. You know, not, I mean, you can't put it any, any better than that. <laughs> I mean, what idiot decides, no, I don't want peace. I want war. Well, you know, you, you know the answer to that. The answer is, does does the situation serve their cause? Of course it does. Yeah. Right? I mean, they can, they can send in military to, uh, you know, our own people into the Ukraine to protect their border and our money and to protect their border, but we don't even protect ours. Yeah. So... So, but I you know I have the question. You know, would it even face Reagan if he were president today? Would it be? Would uh, Putin say, "Well, no, I'm not going to do this because he's not going to put up with it. I can't get away with it like I can get away with it with Joe." I I think so because uh, if you remember, I believe in 1985 uh, during the State of the Union address, you know, Reagan, you always. His State of the Union addresses were always about domestic policy, but mm-hmm. towards the end, he mentioned something regarding foreign policy. And tucked away in that State of the Union address, he mentioned something about supporting, uh, I believe it was the Afghanistan, uh, the Mujahideen in Afghanistan, something to that effect. And it was Charles Krautheimer that you know, read it or watched it or whatever, and it dawned on him that, oh. Ronald Reagan has a new policy, a new doctrine. The, it's, it's the Reagan doctrine, where he talks about supporting pro-democracy guerrillas against communist countries. And mm-hmm. what he would do is he would support the ones on the periphery, like Afghanistan. Afghanistan was newly acquired. Uh, it's not like Hungary, but mm-hmm. the Soviets would have you know, defended to the very last man. And probably go in nuclear war over it. But Afghanistan, well, it's newly acquired, so it's not exactly, you know, solid within the communist sphere. So we'll, we can support the Mujahideen and, you know, kind of mm-hmm. give the Soviets nobody wins. Nobody wins in Afghanistan anyway. Yes. But that would be something that Putin would probably have in his mind is that mm-hmm. the Reagan doctrine. Oh, if we invade uh, Ukraine, he's going to support freedom fighters in Ukraine and it's going to cause us so many problems it's going to be you know it's going to become a meat grinder uh we're going to lose all these troops we uh spend all this money and our economy is is garbage now I mean, how much worse is it going to be when we got continually you know piss away money in Ukraine mm-hmm. so right. so I think uh Putin would never consider invading Ukraine if Reagan was president or if Donald Trump was still president. Right. So, you know, I had this thought before, and I don't know people, uh, what people will think of it, but, you know, I, I see so many similarities between the two. The only thing that I think, um, the biggest thing that I think Reagan had that Trump doesn't have is the statesmanship. It's the, mm-hmm. it's the, the humor, the interaction, uh, ability to interact in a positive way, where Trump, I mean, I, I I don't mind who he is or how he acts at all. I think he's he's a great president, but you know I think that there's definitely definitely that obvious difference between them. But from a 
from a policy or approach standpoint, what do you think is different between the two? In any way, domestic or foreign? I really don't think there's that much of a difference uh, as far as policies are concerned. I mean, Reagan, you know, he was pro-American. You knew that he was. He was all, he was red, white, and blue. And you you knew. And you knew that he respected the military. He respected uh, those who served. Uh, for example, we, we watched, uh, what was it, the, uh, the uh, D-Day. Uh, mm-hmm. celebrations, whatever, where Reagan went and he did right. that speech. One that was the best speeches. Spectacular speech. Probably one of the best speeches that he ever done. Yeah. You know, and it was powerful. Uh Trump doesn't have that uh ability, I think. But he's I think got his was, moments, but he has his moments. But, but I think uh, what uh people love about Trump is that he talks like an average man. Right. You know, he's, he talks like an average citizen. Right, so that's right. I, and people see that and they and they're connected with him because right. he talks like they do. At, if you look at Obama and Biden, I mean, take the Joe the Plumber incident. So Joe the Plumber comes up to Obama and Obama looks down his nose at him and says, I'm going to take everything you own and give it to somebody else. <laughs> Trump will put his arm around him and say, hey, I'm here to fight for you. Yeah. And that's the difference, folks, between uh, conservatives and the liberals and especially the the leftist fascists that we have today they are the ones that are trying to force everything down our throats uh, mm-hmm. therefore they are the fascists and it's not right. us um so so yeah so trump is much different in that regard he really has flipped everything around hasn't he i mean now mm-hmm. the republican party is the party of the worker the party of the people right. and, and and the democrats are the elitists it's something yeah. that, to me, I mean, I never thought I'd see the day. Yeah. Right? And, I, mean, I never thought. I mean, yeah. Like, you have my mom who said, oh, you know, the Democrats used to be for the little guy. And I, and I look at her and I say, no, they never were. They might no, they never were, but that was their, that's what they projected, yeah. Yeah, they'll disguise their rhetoric. They'll say, yeah, I'm for you. I'm here for the little guy. But meanwhile, they're taking money from the unions. Yeah. No. They're taking exactly. money from the corporations. So or they have a $30,000 dress that's provided for them to insult the, the wealthy of all of all things. Right. Yeah, and <laughs> it, that came from a woman who actually lived in an affluent neighborhood. Right. You know, right. Which is right. Uh, ludicrous at, yeah. you know, at best. You know? Right. It's right. such an insult. Yeah. She's, she's just another worthless idiot. <laughs> Um, so we got we got the two guys there that we've we've drawn a lot of similarities to uh, have one major difference. Is there anything else that stands out? How would um, what do you think Ronald and, and Nancy, especially Nancy, what would what would she do seeing all this woke stuff and the uh, the gender issues? You know, now Washington State, the House in Washington State just passed a bill that says that uh, they can take kids away from parents who interfere in the gender, the gender uh, switch. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, those two, the generation that those two came from, I think they'd have a stroke. They saw what's going on. Yeah, they they would definitely, they would, uh, I think Nancy would be flabbergasted, quite frankly. Uh, And uh, 
and I think they would probably tell people in Oregon, get out. What? Why Washington. You, or Washington State? Okay. Uh, like, get out. Or even Oregon. Oregon, too, though, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean when, when half the state actually wants to secede from it and attach themselves to Idaho, you know there's something wrong going on in, in Oregon. But right. they would probably tell them, vote with your feet. Why are you allowing this state government to dictate to you what you are allowed to do with your children, you know, as far yeah. as raising them? They're telling you, uh, no, you can't, you can't raise them as a boy. If your boy likes pink, that means he's a girl. No. Well, it's even worse than that. It's weaponizing education. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, who's going to be the policeman of that? The teachers, right? The teachers that drill all this lie, all these lies, and all this bullshit into kids' heads. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to be the frontline soldiers. Oh, well, little Joe, he wants to be Susie and mommy and daddy are being mean to him. So I'm going <laughs> to report him and little Joe, little Susie, whatever the hell this kid is, wow, is going to yeah. be pulled out from pulled out from mom and dad. I mean, uh, how, yeah, do, like, know, how does how does the left not understand that they're the fascists in, in yeah. all this? You know, it's like, they keep. Who the hell are they? You know. Exactly. Actually, you yeah. know what? You know what Ronald Reagan would do? I think he would actually get rid of the de Department of Education, like he always wanted Amen. to do. This would, yeah. You know, it's like, okay, you want to do that? Well, no, sorry, no more federal funding for you because guess what? Department of Education, bye bye. Well, you know what? Trump isn't the only candidate that's. Uh, 24 candidate that said i want to yeah. get rid of them right so good <laughs> they should they should not stop there they should get rid of the doj the fbi the cia i'll restructure everything yeah i think yeah. there's a lot of charges that have to be filed too against uh, a lot of these fbi personnel who have broken the law and violated people's civil rights and um the capitol police officers two two officers for sure should be charged with murder Mm -hmm. um, oh, look at the that. other officers oh. that were firing the flashbangs without any riot whatsoever. Lord, they should yeah. be charged. Oh, look at uh, <laughs> what's going on now with uh, that Air National Guard guy. You know, <laughs> you know, he he somehow walked out with a whole bunch of documents, and right. it shows what they're doing in Ukraine. Uh, so, in a way, yeah, he might be considered uh, a whistleblower. Right. In a way, he might be actually be instead of considered a traitor, he might actually be considered a hero because well, it's the same thing with Assange, right? I mean, he was yeah. the same same situation. Yeah, um, throwing light on the corruption that's going on. With exactly, country. exactly, but, and that's what everything. That's what all this is about. It's all about trying to save their ass at this point. Yeah, and uh, so you know, this poor kid who's 21 years old, he's probably going to spend the rest of his life in prison because of this. You know. Yeah. And to me, that might be too harsh for punishment. I can maybe well, see. Definitely. I can see maybe the, 20. You got all the dirtbags. A little stiff. You got all the Antifa dirtbags and all the BLM, the violent BLMers anyway. Um, you know, getting off, never, some of them never even getting charged, you know, while, uh, you know, people that were outside the building on January 6th are still charging people, picking people up, everything else. And and everybody in the country who's got a half a brain cell bounce around their head already knows it was nothing but a false flag. It was the American Reichstag fire. Oh. 
Look at the no. uh, legislature in Tennessee. I think it was Tennessee. You know, they booted out two Democrats because yeah. what they were what they were protesting or whatever. But mm-hmm. you saw all those people in the Capitol building in Tennessee. Right. Um, a whole bunch of them. Right. Wasn't how that, come they're uh, not being rounded up? Yeah, wasn't that an insurrection? Yeah, wasn't that an insurrection? Oh, no. oh, I see. It's all right when you guys do. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have yeah. a history doing it. Talk you know, about double standards. They have a history doing it. I mean, when Trump was in there, you know, they had the incident at the White House that we talked about. Um, they had the incident in the Capitol in, in the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't there an incident in the 80s when Reagan was president yeah, at the Capitol? The Democrats? I think there was a bombing in the Capitol. You know, What's that? So, no, I think there was a bombing in the Capitol building. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, yeah, but it's funny how, you know, it wasn't that long ago, but they conveniently forget about that kind of stuff and you know mm-hmm. and it's 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 such a show and you know i had a i had actually had a glimmer of happiness earlier this week when i saw that you know people are republicans getting ready for mitch to retire and i'm like yeah yeah, get him the hell out of there of course now it's been quashed right uh yeah some of these people you know and trump now start talking about term limits which i don't think reagan would have ever done but um yeah, I don't know. I, he might I, yeah, I don't maybe today if he's facing what we're facing yeah. today, but but um But then again so I, I think Reagan would never imagine how no. it's gone so far today. You know a couple shows yeah, I mean, a couple back shows then, ago. Like, you know, yeah, well this back then we still had a moral foundation, I think, and Everybody always kind of, oh, my God, you know, you talk about morals, you got to be a stiff and you got to be, you know, anti this and anti yeah. that, blah, 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 bullshit. There's a right and a wrong. Right. And there's only, there's, it doesn't change, right? I mean, there's a right and a wrong yeah. and and that doesn't change through time. Just like they try to talk about no. the Constitution being, a, you know, uh, an evolving document and over time and that that's a bunch of crap too, because the foundation, mm-hmm. the ideas behind the, our foundation, the ideals, and the principles, are good, and they're timeless. They're not subject to, yeah. uh, you know, a, a born-on date. So, um, yeah. okay. Yeah, so, any anything else that you think we've seen in the past few years that Reagan would approach in a in maybe a different way? Well. I'm not too sure about like gun control. Uh, I I think he probably wouldn't go for that at all. Although I guess uh, now there were a couple of bills that were passed back back in the day, back when he was president, that kind of did some some stuff as far as can uh, like automatic weapons or something like that. I think there was a bill where you couldn't buy a brand new machine gun. You could buy something before 1986. But anything after 1986, you couldn't get. Uh, but I, even then, I think uh, he probably wouldn't go anywhere past that. I think so. Hmm. Uh, I, That's I interesting. We could maybe. Yeah, go ahead and finish it up. Oh no! What were you saying? Oh, I just I I never really thought about that with him. I don't remember that happening when he was president, but. 
Um, I, he would not go to the extent that they want to go to today, for sure. No, no. Um, no. But again, another, another, you know, another, um, another example of how far we've fallen. You know, I mean, Columbine was '85, so that happened right when he was in the middle, first starting his second term, right? So, um, yeah. So, but look at how that's changed. Look at, and you and I have talked about this before, even on the Patriot Review, we've talked about it, where you know the mm -hmm. the the family, and again, the whole lack of morals and the fall of faith, and and all that leading to mainly i think that the fatherless homes leading to these mm -hmm. these snowflakes that have to have safe spaces and can't handle what life throws at them and you know and, and i don't want to be i don't want to be uh, insensitive to people who are really going through problems but i mean that has to be said that there was a discipline back then and you expected problems and you understood that there were going to be problems and you understand you had to do something yeah. to get out of them and you know, and now it seems like, oh, you know, someone looks at you cross-eyed, and all of a sudden, you know, you're <laughs> you're oh, yeah. you're, you're well, a terrible person. You know. it's like, oh, but, back uh, then, yeah, you know, we had problems, but you learned how to deal with them, and you were told, guess what? You know, life is not fair. Get over it. You know, you got to deal yeah, right. with with crap. I'm sorry. It's just the way yeah. it is. Yeah, you know, I just no. think, I was thinking about I was thinking about our conversation, and I think Nancy would be a whole we could do a whole other show because she um, she would be heartbroken I think by seeing what's happened to kids, and I wonder what her stance would be on vaccines with all the data coming out about autism and vaccines and you know um, all this all this gender stuff. Um, I just can't imagine that she would. I don't even know if she'd be able to handle it. Yeah, I think she'd have a stroke. <laughs> yeah. Quite frankly. I don't know. You know, I don't know. It's just Yeah, I think so. I think so too. You know, and the other thing I was thinking is both Bush and Reagan, when we were talking about the Ukraine and stuff, we were talking about Libya, we we're talking about those Grenada, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, both of them come from the World War Two era. And I think one of the similarities that both of them, and especially Reagan, had with Trump is that war war is a last resort. And yeah. Trump Trump is the only president in the last what five five decades or what how five decades, six decades where there was no yeah. war during his presidency. Yeah. There was no new war. I think, I think the end, only one that you could maybe well I was gonna say Eisenhower, but Eisenhower was elected during the Korean War, but he got us out of Korea. Right. So, and after and he got us out of Korea, he didn't fight any other wars. And he warned yeah, us so. about what? No. He warned us about the military-industrial complex, right? Yeah. And <clears throat> Which he's right. Look what's going on. Yeah, today. he was right. You know? he was right. Yeah. All right. Well. That ends our time, but I appreciate you coming on, and um, it's a great topic. I think I think yeah. people probably share our our love for Ronald Reagan, and and that time period. It certainly was a better time, I think, um, than what we're facing today. Today is is a lot more scary, I think, but mm -hmm. um, bigger challenges. But we'll get through them. We got there's always good people that rise, so. 
All right, Ronald, thank you so much. We'll see you again yep, soon. No problem. Thanks for having me. You bet. electromagnetic fields that even though we can't see them are affecting our bodies our sleep and even our ability to think clearly the advent of 5g is only making this worse there is an answer visit fix the world by clicking the link in the Patreon review show description below to view natural products that can actually protect you from emf and 5g and even improve your sleep skeptical Get the free Dangers of EMF Radiation ebook free by clicking on its direct link also in the show description. You can also learn more by watching episode 62 of the Patriot Review. Thank you very much for being here for this episode. The documentary Breaking the Oath is very, very close to being uh, released. It is going to show in a local theater here as well, so I'm kind of excited about that one. But um, it is... It is a documentary that's going to leave you emotional. It's going to anger you. It's going to surprise you. Some of the things that you hear have not really been talked about. So stay tuned for that. You can follow me on all the social media stuff. My main home, however, is Frank Social. But I'm also on Gitter and CloudHub and Rumble, etc., etc. So check it out. You can go to redbloodedpatriots.com. That's redbloodedpatriots with an S dot com. There on the top, you'll see in a scrolling uh, box, you'll see all my uh, sponsors and affiliate links. Please check them out. Doing business with them helps me. And of course, as I talked about at the very beginning of the show, you can subscribe and go premium on franksocial.com. Thank you very much. We will see you next time on the Patreon Review. <laughs>